Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the channel. My name is Sal Vetri, and today we are going to take our final look at the NFL Week 15, 13 games, massive 13 game. I think we still have one more next week slate today. Before we dive into that, welcome if you are new here. Like I said, my name is Sal Vetri. I cover daily fantasy sports in just a variety of different sports, the NBA, NFL, WNBA, MLB, a bunch of different sports. And for today, right now, we're going to break down this 15 game NBA slate. So I appreciate everybody tuning in today. And before we get into it, please do hit that subscribe button. And also, please do roam around in the description below. I have my Patreon exclusive content over there. There'll be an ownership show going out on Friday, depending on when you're watching this. Sunday, final thoughts, Saturday, live stream. And then a ton of different things, an array of my game-by-game notes for every single game, projections, stat sheets that you see here, lots of different things. So if you're interested in my Patreon-exclusive content for the NFL, for the NBA, for golf, PGA, for the new coming year, all that stuff, extra content, but not just podcasts and live streams, but also data and actionable tasks and things to use, check that out, linked up down below. It is what keeps the lights on here at the Salvetra YouTube channel uh, over here. So thank you. I do appreciate that. Also, my social medias are linked up down below. Follow me on Twitter at DFS and Salvetri on Instagram. If it is your first time here, please do hit that subscribe button. It helps, but to incentivize you a little bit, and today we're going to announce the winner from this past week, the week 15 winner for the $25 PayPal giveaway, but to incentivize you a little bit for next week, let me know down below, because I'm I'm actually very curious. In the five to 6500 range, so 5000 to $6,500, who is your favorite wide receiver in that range? I think there's a ton of guys in that range that are interesting to me. You must be a subscriber, so hit the subscribe button to enter this contest, and let me know that down below. And also leave a way for me to contact you, a Twitter handle, a PayPal, whatever it might be. You will be entered into a raffle for a $25 PayPal giveaway. The winner of the PayPal giveaway for the NFL Week 15 season is going to be right here, and I need to find a way to contact this person, but the person is the Upper Decks. The Upper Decks, I have the Twitter handle here of Omar B., 1113. I will reach out to you, the Upper Decks. Congratulations. You are the winner of the Week 15 NFL Patreon 25, or not even Patreon, just $25 giveaway. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you want to get entered into next week's, again, let me know who is your favorite play between the five and let's just say $6,500 range at the wide receiver position. Must be a subscriber. If you're listening on the audio version, you can go ahead and come over to YouTube and enter that contest, or you can leave a five star rate and review with that question or answering that question over on the podcast reviews that'll count as three entries in lastly and finally uh, i just want to shout out fantasy draft today they are the sponsor of this final thoughts video as they have been all season long what fantasy draft does is they're revolutionizing the way you play dfs they're getting rid of rake you pretty much just make a ton more money I think I was listening on an awesome stream to Brick, um, one of the top eight or top 10. I think he is top eight too. uh, DFS players in the world. He saved just in the month alone. Literally, listen to this. In the month alone last month, he saved $50,000 plus, if I recall correctly, watching that stream last week. Unreal, but that's true. I mean, he's playing at big volumes, but I've been saving a lot of money as well playing NBA over there. And at the end of the day, you're pretty much getting, if you want to look at it a different way, a lower interest rate. Why would you go and get an interest rate from a bank? Well, in the first place, you probably shouldn't. We're not going to get into the whole concept of just trying to avoid debt at, at, at much as you can. Don't take out loans. But if you were hypothetically to go 
and get an interest rate at a bank and they told you that you were going to pay 15 percent and then you went to another bank and they told you no strings attached no no gimmicks you're going to pay one percent or a half a percent you'd probably take the lower interest rate because you're going to pay a, less, a lot less now that's what fantasy draft is pretty much doing compared to FanDuel and DraftKings. you can't turn twenty dollars into a million yet on fantasy draft but that's their whole thing right they were trying to build their site right now you can win decent money there and you're not losing nearly as much at the end of the day most people watching this video probably aren't beating the rake on DraftKings. what does that mean you're not winning enough to cover the 15 percent that DraftKings and FanDuel are taking from you. And on sites like Fantasy Draft, you, you literally can. And also the competition is easier. So check out Fantasy Draft. I will link it up down below. I will get a link and that link will be a tracking link so they can track that you came from this channel uh, if you are okay with that. So getting into it now, we'll start the quarterback position here for the NFL Week 15 slate. I will blow this up a little bit so people can see what I have written down here. There we go. Perfect. <clears throat> so starting at the top, these are not rankings. I've been asked that before. Um, starting with quarterbacks, yeses and maybes these things can change if you do want to check out patreon i have that um closing thoughts video on sunday where i go over really what my exposures are looking like in stacks and all that so things can change before them friday injury reports will change things saturday overnight news of course potentially weather usually doesn't but dak press got at 6300 he's cheap and right now nobody's getting owned from this team i don't understand zeke is is underpriced amari is without a doubt underpriced i don't care that he's facing jalen ramsey go look at jalen ramsey's stats this year they're not that great um you have michael gallup going up against just filling cornerback two right based on injuries uh, for the rams this season so it's a cheap stack that is going under owned and the game total here is fantastic it's the fastest paced game on the slate for me uh, it is a top three overall game total it's only a one point spread so there's shootout potential yeah give me Dak prescott and his damn near 24 fantasy points per game it's one of my favorite games to stack on the entire weekend if not my favorite game kyler murray uh, he's 5600 he's averaging 36 rushing yards per game he's a two-point home underdog um i have hit written home favorite here but it's, it's a two-point home dog uh, and the issue with that is and it's not really an issue it's a good thing whenever you see home underdogs it's the best spot for correlating fantasy points if it is a close spread right so the fact that he's a home underdog and it's a two-point spread, it means that the upside for him to have to have a ceiling game here, or at least a game above 20 fantasy points, which is his average this year, is is absolutely okay. The rushing upside just gets him over that $5,600 price tags more times than not for me. Cleveland is 21st in pass coverage. They're eighth in pass rush, which is not great for Murray as a mobile quarterback if they're going to get to you, right? But they don't have Miles Garrett for the rest of the year, and that number is slowly but surely going by the end of the year, I imagine, to drop outside of the top 10. Philip Rivers at 5600 is also a yes for me. So these guys at the same price point. Um, look, I like them, and I don't really like stacking Murray all that much. There's not a lot of guys that I do enjoy. Christian Kirk moving to the outside now, only 15% of his snaps coming out of the slot over the last month. It helps his big boomer bust upside. So for GPP, sure, the stack makes sense, but in cash, not as much of an interest. Philip Rivers, just so many guys to attack this this really bad Minnesota secondary here. Minnesota's front is still fine, but their secondary is just absolutely atrocious. You have Mike Williams. He'll get matchups against probably Xavier Roach. You'll have Keenan Allen moving into the slot. Maybe he sees Trey Waynes at some times, but most likely not. It's just fantastic spots for all of these guys. Even Andre Patton, who just does not catch balls, has a good matchup this week for um, the Chargers. Not going to be playing him, but I would prioritize the Chargers this week for me as Keenan Allen won. Um, number two, I'd go Hunter Henry, and then three, Mike Williams, four, Austin Eckler. It's just it's just too nice of a matchup for his price tag of 5,600. Now, I have him as a yes, but it's more so a yes because of his ownership. Not getting much ownership, and he's cheap. Uh, at the end of the day, come Sunday, he's probably like the fourth or fifth highest, probably fifth highest QB I actually have ownership to. And at that point, it's just in a group of guys where they're 8 to 10% owned, but I'm coming in about double the field, so that's why he's a yes for me because I'm clearly above the field on him. 
Deshaun Watson is is by far my preferred payup option. Look, whenever, whenever Watson is an underdog playing from behind, keep in mind this is a divisional matchup. These teams play each other twice out of the next three weeks, and they have the same record. They're playing for the division and potentially playoffs, right? The, the loser of this division probably doesn't make the playoffs, so this is a huge spot. This is an actual game that matters in terms of if you're just looking for the highest motivation spot on the slate, it's probably Houston versus Tennessee in this game that the winner is a huge leg up over the final two weeks to win the division and get into the playoffs. Watson playing from behind in his career. You saw it last week. Whenever Watson is playing from behind, and last week was an extreme example, but the overall upside for a ceiling game is there. Tennessee is only 23rd in pressure, so bottom eight in pressure rate right down as a pass rush. That just helps Deshaun Watson's mobility like you saw last week. His mobility literally just propelled him to another huge game, two rushing touchdowns. They're 18th in coverage. That number is only going to get worse with Butler on IR with Adore Jackson missing last week. And as of right now, not trending towards playing this week. They give up the eighth most yards per game to the quarterback position. Watson seems to be on track to get Will Fuller back. It's just a great spot. Uh, Watson is, um, although the Dallas and, and Rams game is maybe my favorite, at least under-owned wise, and maybe overall favorite game environment to stack, um, this Houston-Tennessee one is right up there as a top two interest, and he's probably my favorite quarterback on the slate, Watson. So my yeses are Dak Prescott, Murray, Rivers, and Watson. And then I have a long list of maybes. Jimmy G with the highest total on the slate is appealing to me against an Atlanta defense that is not good. Uh, He's a secondary interest. Matt Ryan, very low team total, which is not great. He still grades out for a decent game for me, right? An 18 implied team total is terrible, but no Richard Sherman, no D Ford. Kawan Williams for uh, San Fran, their slot cornerback are all banged up. He's the last interest on this board for me. I think I've written here 10 guys. He's probably the last one. Baker Mayfield at 6,400 against Arizona's 32nd ranked pass defense is definitely appealing to me. The issue for me is I don't want to stack this whole Cleveland team, but I don't think you have to. Just give me Landry. Just give me Jarvis Landry in the slot this week, and I'll take that. I'll take Baker. Maybe you get something from Arizona if you want Kirk to get to a game stack, but I'm not going to force in a four-man game stack here. I don't want Odell against Patrick Peterson. It's still a fine matchup if Odell was healthy, but he just doesn't have both of his legs under him and that's not fantastic at all he's he's clearly limited out there you have a priced up David Njoku I don't really feel like taking stabs at that you have a almost 7k Kareem Hunt who's going to touch the ball more weeks than not 10 times and if he's not scoring touchdowns he's going to fall flat on his face at that price point so just give me Baker or give me Baker and give me Landry 6700 for Landry is, is more than fine Jared Goff on the opposite side of this Dallas and, and Rams game. I prefer stacking the Dallas side, running it back with guys in the Rams, like your Woods, like your Gurley, but Goff has clear options here. Woods stands out as the main one after the past two weeks and really not coming off the field, not having question marks around him. Tyler Higby stands out as probably the second guy I want to get to in a stack there. Uh, and then Todd Gurley after that. Don't really like stacking Todd Gurley as much. The correlation isn't there too much with the quarterback, so uh, maybe even you go cup over Gurley based on what you want to do there. Cowboys have had major issues with their their running uh, or defending versatile running backs, but the issue and the concern becomes just Jared Goff stacking and the correlation coefficient with Todd Gurley is just not there. But yeah, I think that um, Woods and then Higby, and it seems like Everett is right now trending to be very questionable. So if Everett misses again, yeah, give me Higby at another cheap price point of I believe thirty nine hundred. Lastly, just Patrick Mahomes and Jameis Winston are on here. I know Winston is playing with a banged up hand, a broken bone in his hand, whatever it is. I know that there's no Mike Evans, so those are major concerns, and I get it. But Detroit's secondary has been abysmal over the last month and a half of the season. I mean, they allowed two of Mitch Trubisky's best games, if not his two best games of the season, uh, against them. So... I think that Winston is fine at 6,900. At the end of the day, though, it becomes very difficult for me to sit here and say, play Jameis Winston over Deshaun Watson, right? Even if the ownership difference is is big, it's just that much better of a matchup for Watson. He has more mobility, more mobile upside. He's healthier. He probably at this point has the better receivers. If Fuller comes back, having Fuller and Hopkins over Perriman and and Godwin is definitely a leg up. So 
He's in play for me as a, as a secondary interest. Mahomes, high, or 27.5 team total, second highest in the slate. He has a positive 9% pass blocking advantage. Denver's 26 in rush defense, so uh, or in pass rush. So what you're going to get from Mahomes is just a lot of time to throw the ball here. So that's a lot of time on quarterbacks, but it's important because it also identifies right now on Friday morning where I'm trending towards for my stacks. Heading over to running back, I have a very short list. On a 13-game slate, I have nine running backs' names down. Uh, and out of these nine guys, I foresee myself getting to eight of them to seven, seven to eight of them at best. So yeah, I have a very compressed pool, which I'm fine with. Let me sh- shorten this a little bit so you can see everything that was written here. Got some long descriptions for the running back one. Here we go. So starting at the top, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I have interest in him. He's 10,000. Look, the matchup is not great though. Like the, me putting a yes by McCaffrey is a different kind of yes in the past couple of weeks. Past couple of weeks, I've gotten 30 plus percent of McCaffrey and really for the past like two months um but this week i might come in less than that his ownership's coming in around 20 percent or so as of right now i might come in around there um i feel okay with that i feel okay coming in at 15 i feel okay coming in at really any number for mccaffrey here's the thing though a minus 12 percent run blocking advantage this week it's going to be one of the worst matchups he's seen all season against seattle their 11th ranked run defense he's still getting 27 opportunities per game so that's the thing that you can't just take away from him and he's, he's getting nearly a, a close to a record setting eight targets per game for a running back so McCaffrey at this price point of $10,000 against Seattle, it is completely fine. The issue becomes the opportunity cost. There are four players in the 7K range. There is one guy in the 6K range that I think can put up 24 to 30 fantasy points this week. So when there's legitimately five guys that I think have a shot, and then that's not even counting these other guys that I'm not mentioning, some random running back can go off like a Miles Sanders or maybe an Eckler like you saw last week. If I'm counting there to be five legitimate candidates to outscore McCaffrey or score similar to his points this week at a price tag $2,000 or $2,500 or less, well, then I start to not have as much interest. Like the last couple of weeks, I thought McCaffrey has two to three guys who can outscore him. The difference between two to three and five to six is a huge number, right? You're doubling the chances that you don't need McCaffrey. So this week at his price point, yes, the price point comes down, so it makes it a little bit easier to fit him in. And again, I do like him if I get 15 to 25%. There's just so many guys that are now $2,000 below him because of the nature of the 13 game slate you have Zeke's and those guys are pretty much Zeke Saquon Chris Carson Leonard Fournette Um, those are the guys Todd Gurley that have the upside of outscoring this guy for damn near three to four thousand dollars less Zeke Elliott at 7,800. I think he's completely fine. I really like stacking the passing game of Dallas. So I'll have a lot of Dak, Gallup, Amari shares. And then where I don't have those, I'll just get the Zeke against the Rams. The Rams do have a top six defensive line, right? Aaron Donald's in the front of that line. It's always going to be elite. They stop the run. They pressure the quarterback. But Zeke is still just going to be fed six straight weeks now, averaging over 20 touches per week. Pollard missed last week. Even if Pollard is back, it's not all that impactful. Maybe it takes away an extra one to two touches from Zeke at best. Instead of having a 25 touch game, he has a 24 doesn't impact much for me at 7800 his ownership right now is lower than Barkley's it's lower than Carson's it's lower than Fournette's I like getting to uh, Zeke probably more than Fournette and at the same clip is getting to him as like a Chris Carson or a Barkley Barkley at 7700 is currently the highest projected player in ownership on the sleep he's a 3.5 point three and a half point home favorite he has a negative three percent run blocking advantage believe it or not this week that's just how bad the Giants offensive line is but Miami allows the most yards per game to running backs, 122.6 rushing yards, and 26.3 attempts per game is the most in the league. Pretty much they're just getting beat down really bad. Now, that 26.3 attempts is probably skewed for this matchup because, again, the Giants are only three and a half point favorites, so 
there is a chance more so than not compared to any of their other matchups that Miami gets ahead by one to two scores and it hurts Saquon. But anytime you have home favorites, you usually want to take them. Anytime you have home favorites playing 95 plus percent of the snaps and just a shoe in for 20 plus touches against this bad of a defense, it makes sense to take Saquon. Am I concerned that he's been dealing with an injury and in a week or two or three, really, when the season's over, they say, well, Saquon's having surgery. He's been playing with this all season. Yeah, of course. He has not looked like himself by any means. Am I concerned that Eli Manning is probably going to start again and that can just stall your offense? Yeah, of course. But Miami just put two more guys on their injured reserve, Ken Webster and Corey Lewis. Those are two more defensive backs that they've already been putting Xavier Howard on IR, right? All these guys. So they have nobody left in that secondary at all. They traded away Minka Fitzpatrick clearly the first month of the season. So yeah, Saquon, the odds that the Giants get down big is not there. And he's a home favorite at 7,700. The 20% ownership he's at right now, I'm fine with it. Chris Carson, 120, 120.9 rushing yards per game is uh, second most only behind Miami is what Carolina is giving up that's who Carson gets this week 21 touchdowns allowed is the most by seven touchdowns this season so something to that Carson's seeing 22.5 opportunities per game he's third top three actually in rushes per game rush attempts per game since the start of last year part of that's just because he stayed healthy part of that's because he's still in the league part of that's because he's on the same team it's still the same workhorse and it doesn't happen for a lot of guys but that's still very impressive just quietly one of the most consistent running backs in the league is Chris Carson over the last two years or so he has a positive eight percent run blocking advantages this week as a five and a half point favorite there is no Rashad Penny I have Chris Carson slated in for 23 touches in this one. I really like Chris Carson. I like him more than Zeke, barely. I think I like him just as much, if not more, as Barkley. He might be my preferred 7K guy. Now, all these guys are in the 7,800 or the $7,000 range. These four players sandwiched next to each other, Zeke, Barkley, Carson, Fournette. I'll probably end up with at least 10% of all of them and somewhere between 10 and 30% of these guys. If I ended up with 20% Barkley, 18% Zeke, 25% Carson, I think that I'd feel pretty good about that. Todd Gurley at 6,000, I would imagine he might come in as my highest owned running back overall. He's just too cheap, right? They said that he was going to get the work for the rest of the year, that he's feeling healthy, and then he goes out and he plays 80% of the snaps. The He's averaged around 80% of the snaps over the last five weeks of the season, and he gets 27 touches last week, and he looks dynamite. He's criminally low in price point. Yes, they gave Malcolm Brown a one-yard touchdown, but then he also got a red zone touchdown as well. Um, he's the most mispriced player in the slate. I have him projected right now for at least 20 touches. He's just in there with filler touches at 20, and if I give him more than that and I give more plays in this game, again, it is the fastest pace game on the slate. So uh, 20 touches might be a very low number for Gurley if he stays healthy. Yeah, I really like this spot. If I give him more touches, the $6,000 price tag, he just gets into way more of my lineups than I probably feel comfortable with. But Gurley at 6K is probably the most underpriced guy in the slate. And I would imagine becomes maybe my highest on running back. Patrick Laird is my final yes at 4,500. 80% of the snaps last week, 19 total touches, and he had five targets. He's just going to stay on the field. He's so good at pass protection, at least compared to these other guys. Miles Gaskin on the team, Zach Center didn't even play last week. These guys are not as good at pass protection and pass blocking as Patrick Laird is. Just keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick upright is going to keep you on the field. As a three and a half point underdog, that actually helps Patrick Laird in his pass catching role. If you give me five catches, 440 yards out of Patrick Laird here, and I get eight to nine fantasy points, somewhere in there, average of eight and a half, nine fantasy points out of Laird in the passing game alone against the Giants defense that is at best middle of the pack against the run. Yeah, I feel good about him at 4,500 on a slate that really lacks any sort of value. Leonard Fournette at 7,600. You can get to it if you want. Oakland has been improving on the ground game, uh, stopping the run, but Fournette is going to be a shoe-in, although he wasn't last week, going to be a shoe-in for probably somewhere around 20-plus touches. The issue is their defense the last month of the season has just been getting blown out. This team has been getting destroyed, especially in the second half of games. Oakland has the weapons to do that to you. Tyrell, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs seems to be playing for this week. It's not a high-octane offense, but if you're saying just blowing out your skeleton of a defense that you have back there that doesn't care and probably is not trying, maybe quitting even the word to use, 
in the second half of these games. Well, that hurts, hurts Fournette's upside, um, at least in the running game. But yeah, I think that this is an okay spot at 7,600. He's fine. You're going to get a lot of touches out of him. You're probably going to see 20 touches more times than not here. He just becomes the last interest that I have out of uh, Zeke, Barkley, and Carson. If I had to rank this 7K range quickly for you, it would probably be Carson, Barkley, Zeke, and Fournette. A lot of those guys very close, though, in interest. Miles Sanders at 5,900. Look, we'll see what happens with Jordan Howard, right? Boston Scott got a lot of touches last week. Sanders went to the locker room. But a positive 48% run blocking advantage is what you have for the Eagles this week. You saw what Aaron Jones did last week at pretty much ease, it seemed. A positive 48%. If you see like a positive 10%, that's a good matchup. This is as good of a matchup as you're going to find for a running back all year long with this Philly offensive line going up against a Washington's defensive line. On the opposite side of this game at 3,900, I really probably don't get here. This is probably why I said I have nine guys on the slate that I like at running back. Um, but Chris Thompson, 3,900. He was primarily used as a wide receiver last week, had eight targets, only ran 19 routes. That's a concern. Seven catches for 43 yards, though. Uh, he was one of only four Washington Redskins to run her out last week. So it's nice if you do play him because you're like, okay, well, they have a pretty compressed player pool of who they're going to be targeting. Only targeted four players last week, Haskins, three wide receivers, and then Chris Thompson. The concern for Thompson, though, is surely the Eagles are really good on the ground, but you're not really playing him because of that. He had zero carries last week. The concern is, even if he does what he did last week, right, as good as he played, seven catches for 43 yards, that's 11.3 fantasy points. At 3,900, is that enough, right? And maybe for your cash games, but that seems like a, outside of scoring a touchdown, a like ceiling game or a really good game, getting seven catches on eight targets out of this guy. So, that's my concern with Thompson, but he's the only thing in the 3K, 3K range I would touch at running back. Moving over now to wide receiver. You can see I have a long, long list of wide receiver, but I've actually shortened it. It's actually only 22 players now. It was like 35 when we did this video, the early look video on Tuesday. Before we keep going into this, please do hit that subscribe button. Again, be sure to enter the contest. Who is your favorite wide receiver between this 5k and $6,500 range. Make sure to subscribe to enter that contest for a $25 giveaway. The upper decks, be sure to also reach out to me. I'll reach out to you. Uh, hopefully if I can recall, or I will recall, but just remember your Twitter handle. I'll go back and find it. But if you are seeing this, reach out to me on Twitter. We'll get you situated with the giveaway. And then lastly, um, if you're interested in my daily fantasy NFL course, I'm only going to tell people who are watching this right now, I will link it up down below in the description. I'm going to be selling it. It's $150 course that um, there's a lot of students in there right now. But if you do want it for a Christmas sale uh, for just, uh, I believe we're going to do just $50 on it. You can check the link out down below. So $100 off. Check that out if you're interested in the Daily Fantasy NFL course. That is just for you viewers right now who are still watching this. So DeAndre Hopkins at the top, 8,000. Look, if Adore Jackson misses, it's going to be Ty Smith guarding DeAndre Hopkins. He's played 75 total snaps this season. The Tennessee secondary is going to be made up of Ty Smith. Tremaine Brock Jr., who was cut by the Cardinals as a slot cornerback and now has to play on the outside, and Logan Ryan, who's been a pretty solid slot cornerback, but we don't really care about playing Kiki Kute this week, I don't think. Hopkins at $8,000. I love Watson stacks. I'm going to get the Hopkins even at that price tag. Chris Godwin will get the Justin Coleman matchup with no Mike Evans, so even more usage for Godwin. Justin Coleman has allowed the second most yards, second most receptions, and most touchdowns this year out of all cornerbacks in the league. Yes, Chris Godwin at 7,700 is a fine play if you get to him. Julian Edelman at 7,100, 10 targets or more in eight straight games, seven receptions average over that last, these last eight games, last two months. And he's likely to face Denard, who has only played about four games of snaps uh, this year, 12 catches allowed for only 102 yards. So he's been good in man coverage, but he's barely played any snaps. Keenan Allen, I like from that uh, Chargers in Minnesota game. He's my priority interest if you're stacking a, a Phillip Rivers side. And on the opposite side, Minnesota, Adam Thielen seems likely to return at 6,300, the exact same price point as Allen. This is an easy game to stack as well. If you get a Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry stack, and you run it back with Adam Thielen, 
It does not cost you a lot of money, and it has upside there. I like Thielen as well if he does return. I think he avoids, and he should avoid, Casey Hayward. Stephon Diggs will see that treatment. He will get Brandon Faison, the backup undrafted free agent cornerback, and then when he moves in the slot, he'll see some Desmond King, which has been a fine matchup for guys this year. Robert Woods is my favorite Ram to stack this week. If you get your Dak Amari Gallup stacks, you run it back with Robert Woods and even Higby if you want to go full five-man stack. I think that's a nice spot to be in. He played 99% of the snaps last week. You had a combination of just 70% of the snaps for both Cup and Cooks combined. So that's a little bit concerning what they're doing there. Um, Coach McVay, Sean McVay, said that it was a scheme thing. So at least he stayed on the field for the scheme thing, whatever that means for Robert Woods. That's good to see. Gallup already touched on him a bunch and Amari. Both of those guys have a lot of interest in um, at their price points of 6500 for Amari and right now 5700 for Gallup. I like Gallup more than Amari. Gallup is probably my favorite thing in that entire game just to get to. If you're playing a one-off from Dallas and the Rams, I think Gallup is the thing that I would want the most. He probably sees no Robert Woods, and he's just been really the priority target for um, Dak Prescott quietly all season long. DJ Moore is a yes for me as well. He moved from a maybe to a yes since Tuesday. I, I looked into it more. He's not going to have to face Shaq Griffin. Um, Shaq Griffin is the better cornerback for Seattle, but Griffin is undersized, so he'll face the undersized wide receiver for Carolina, which is Curtis Samuel. And the bigger cornerback is Trey Flowers for um, Seattle, and that will be where DJ Moore goes. Pro Football Focus has that as a positive 19% advantage for DJ Moore this week. And Seattle has a bottom four pass rush, so that helps a ton Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is just a donkey and a potato under pressure. So if he's not going to face pressure, it helps him find guys like DJ Moore and Samuel Moore. And Moore just has a better matchup. So 9.8 targets per game right now for DJ Moore. That's a really strong spot to be targeting a wide receiver this weekend. Will Fuller at 5,600. He's been practicing and says he feels good. We'll see with this hamstring. It's, it's concerning if he steps out there and runs a couple routes and then he's done because he tweaks it again, but said he feels good. He'll actually get to face Tremaine Brock, who was a Cardinal earlier this season. Like I said, he got cut. He was a slot cornerback for the Cardinals and gets cut because he was playing terrible. And now he has to be converted to an outside cornerback, uh, which is not good for a slot cornerback to go up against one of the fastest guys in the league, even coming off of an injury in Will Fuller. Uh, Brock this season has given up 33 receptions, 426 yards and three touchdowns, 119 passer rating against. Will Fuller, if he is healthy and active, and we see these full participants on, say, come Friday, Will Fuller at his price point of 5600 is probably my favorite wide receiver play for GBPs on the slate. And then just a bunch of secondary interests here. You have Allen Robinson at 6800 Sutton at 5900 is likely to see Rashad Breeland because Breeland plays around 85-plus percent of his snaps on the left side of the field. Sutton plays more than 50% of his snaps on the left side of the field, so more times than not, you'll have a majority matchup of Sutton versus Breeland. Breeland's been good this year, but so is Sutton. He's beaten even tougher cornerbacks like Casey Hayward, those types of guys. So Sutton at 5900 not a priority for me, but i probably get there in some spots. D.D. Westbrook becomes more of a priority, and not maybe a priority, but more of an interest at 4,600 if there is no D.J. Shark. Shark is traveling with the team, but is still very questionable and is a game-time decision for Jacksonville. Devontae Adams, there's no Prince of Mukamara for the Bears now. He's done for the year, I believe. Strong matchup for Devontae, though, against Kevin Tolliver. Uh, in just one and a half games of snaps, Tolliver has been targeted six games, surrendered five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Adams at 7,600 seems like a guy who is picking up ownership right now, but hard to imagine this guy doesn't go for 20-plus this weekend. Tyreek Hill, I only have interest in Tyreek in Kansas City stacks just because you have to prioritize him, so I might as well just prioritize the whole team at that point, at that price point. But people are going to think that he's going to be shadowed by Chris Harris Jr. No, he's not. He was not shadowed by Chris Harris Jr. the last week. I remember some guy got into my DMs or my YouTube comments saying, you really want to play Tyreek Hill against on a showdown slate against Chris Harris Jr. And I said, he's not going to be shadowed by Chris Harris Jr. Nobody shadows Tyreek Hill. Stephon Gilmore did not do it last week. Just nobody shadows Tyreek Hill. It's not going to happen. Uh, you had Chris Harris Jr. on Tyreek Hill for less than 30% of the snaps the first time that these guys matched up. And he scores a touchdown with Matt Moore as his quarterback. I think Tyreek Hill 
against the secondary options in the secondary for Denver is a fine play. I just prioritize him with the stack of Kansas or, or with the stack of Kansas City. Uh, Jarvis Landry is probably a yes. I'm going to make Jarvis Landry a yes right now. He's the only Brown that I actually like getting to. So and when I'm doing stacks, I like just Baker and Brown or Baker and Landry there. He's still seeing the most of the targets there. Uh, favorite guy that I like getting from Cleveland in a positive 22% matchup against Kevin Peterson in the slot this weekend. I think it's okay to just go Baker and Landry if you wanted to from that team. Darius Slayton, Miami just put Corey Lewis and Ken Webster, as I mentioned earlier, on IR. So that's two more DBs down for Miami. Slayton saw volume last week, about eight targets. And right now, there's just so many guys injured. They don't know who he's going to face. Nate Brooks is what Pro Football Focus has in for this matchup. And I don't even know who that is. He has zero snaps this season. So it could be anybody at this point. And that's how good of a matchup it is for Slayton. Even if Eli starts, I don't love it. But at 4,700, he's underpriced because of what he did on Monday Night Football. He'd probably be around 5,200, 5,300 if they priced him after the Monday Night Football game played off so you do get a built-in discount mike williams probably to go up against xavier Rhodes at 4600 third option in my Chargers stacks behind keenan allen and hunter henry scored his first touchdown last week he's fine if you want to get to him at that price point and then the real cheapies here justin watson and isaiah ford both at 3700 uh, justin watson ran 34 routes and saw all of his production once mike evans just exploded his hamstring last week five catches 59 yards and a touchdown on eight targets in week 14 he probably sees some Darius slay i don't think slay will go into the slot that much against chris goblin which is concerning so I don't like Watson as much as Isaiah Ford, but it all depends on these injuries, right? If you get no Devontae Parker, I like Isaiah Ford. If you get no Parker and Wilson, I really like Isaiah Ford. Fifth best matchup on the entire weekend against DeAndre Baker of the Giants. And if these guys miss, he's in a good spot. He played 21% of his snaps out of the slot last week. He had nine targets from Fitzpatrick, an instant chemistry and connection out of really necessity. Six catches for 92 yards. He's probably the best pay down option on the slate if you get no Parker and or and really just no Parker and then also no Wilson would help it even more. And then at 3,600, Chris Conley stands out a little bit if there's no Shark, not a priority for me. Greg Ward at $3,000 flat does not seem like Aguilar is going to play. Alshon Jeffries on IR. He's played 79% of the Eagles snaps the last two weeks. He's ran the most routes out of any of these receivers the last two weeks, even more than Whiteside with 67 He's more of a cash game play for me because he just doesn't run deep routes. If he catches like five balls for 50 yards for you, that's fine. But that's more of a cash play at $3,000 flat. He'll likely face Murray, who's given up 37 receptions, 476 yards, and two touchdowns, who's been okay this year for Washington, but not great. Greg Ward at $3,000 flat. I don't really see the tournament winning upside there. I like it more for cash games. And last but not least, let's get into tight ends. Um, thank you for tuning in. Again, I have exclusive content on Patreon. I will link those up down below or link it up above me right now. If you want to click the link, it'll open a new browser and you can check out. There's a video of me talking about what Patreon is for the people who probably don't know. And it's just pretty much a site where I can put up podcast episodes and I can put up um, just Excel sheets and, and those types of, and just different content for people who enjoy my content and want more of it. So right now, I think we have around 350 patrons over there. If you're interested, you can check out that link. You can reach out to me over there as well and just try and get more questions if you might have any. So check it out if you're interested in your own Christmas gift for yourself. Uh, helps me out, of course. So tight ends there's just so many good tight ends on the slate i'm gonna get a bunch of them but zach Ertz at six thousand with no aguilar with no jeffrey i have him in right now i had him at nine targets i bumped him up to a projected of 10 targets and he just becomes my favorite tight end play on the slate um he's going to be the priority against a pretty bad uh, washington secondary landon collins is still there but and he obviously has experience with zach Ertz when he was on the giants but it's still fine it's just going to be so much volume for zach Ertz. uh darren waller he's in a good spot jacksonville secondary i've already talked about it and they're just anything with miles jack now injured and all their players from uh, the beginning of last year to this year pretty much all gone outside of aj boye it's a fine matchup for waller i do like this spot for him you have a 25 and a half team total for oakland so the points have to come from somewhere evan ingram if evan ingram suits up yes zach Ertz is still my favorite play in the slate at tight end but evan ingram probably becomes my second favorite play at 4900 
I know that Tyler Higby is not on the Jets. Somebody reached this out to me. I automatically, so this is what you can see this change right here. Ready? It'll go to the Rams, and then this will go to Dallas. Whoops. And this will go to Dallas, and then the price points will drop down. There you go. See, so everything just got fixed. You got to bring it down. That is just Google Sheets, Excel, VLOOKUPS. Um, sometimes I have to manually type in things, and, and then it gets messed up. So that's what I did, but now I do not have to manually type that in anymore. So everything is switched. There you go. So Evan Ingram at 4,900. He was supposed to play on Monday Night Football. They said that he was tentatively expected to play. Then he doesn't play. So now he has another whole week under his belt. So he's been practicing. I expect him to play against Miami with his quarterback, Eli, there in a decent pay spot, 25 and a half total. At only 4,900, we know how much Evan Ingram loves, or Eli Manning loves Evan Ingram, and probably vice versa. Ingram's probably my second favorite tight end play on the slate at 4,900. If indeed he does suit up, I would expect 35 routes run. I would expect somewhere around eight targets with a lot of upside. Tyler Higby at 3,900. If there is no Everett, Higby would be a top three option for me as well. He would jump Waller. He would probably be right behind Evan Ingram. 3,900 is too much to ignore in this pace spot. How good Higby has been, how many routes he's running. And you saw last week when Sean McVay said Cooper Cup and, and Brandon Cooks came off the field a ton. And it was a scheme thing. You had Higby playing, I believe, 97% of the snaps. So whatever this scheme thing is, if they go back to it, he's going to stay on the field and be a priority once again. And then my secondary interest, I'll just get a ton of George Kittle, Hunter Henry, Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, like those other expensive tight ends who you know the name value of them. I'm fine getting to them, but um, you can't be playing 30% of every tight end, right? So if I end up with 30% Ertz, if I end up with 15% of or or 20% of Evan Ingram plus Higby and and somewhere around the rest of these guys will just have to trickle down into the 10 to 15% range, and I'm fine with that. I have to prioritize one of them. If you're watching this and you're saying, ah, but I have George Kittle at 25%, he should be your first player or your favorite tight end. Honestly, uh, I just like Zach Ertz's is total upside. But if you really wanted to argue with me that seven or eight targets out of Kittle is the best play on the slate at tight end at 6,200, you can have that argument. Like, I think it's completely fine. I just can't get all these guys at 30%. I'll have them all at a decent 10 to 15% clip or more. This is the way that I'm prioritizing it. And then just final cheap guys, OJ Howard at 3,500 should have to take on more responsibilities with no Mike Evans in theory, more volume, but he's not really going to see much of a role change. Justin Watson will see that. So I don't think it's as much as people expect. And Mike Gusecki against the Giants, if there is no Parker or Wilson, will continue to be used elite in an elite way. He was used around the red zone last week a ton out wide. He was used as a wide receiver. That is pretty good at $4,000 for a guy, for a team that just needs athletic playmakers in the pass catching spot with no Parker and Wilson, or at least seeming like that's going to be the case this weekend. So thank you for tuning in. I will put this back on the quarterback page um, and I will sit here and I will say thank you. If you watch the whole video, let me know in the comments that you watch the whole video. Be sure to enter the contest in the comments down below. The upper decks, be sure to reach out to me. But the contest down below, uh, let me know your favorite wide receiver from the $5,000 to $6,500 range. Leave your Twitter handle or PayPal some way for me to contact you. You must be a subscriber. And let's get the 17,000 subscribers by the end of the weekend. We're like 100 away. I really do appreciate all the support. You all rock. We're almost in that Christmas spirit swing of things. Be sure to check out my social medias, Twitter, DFS, Instagram, Salvetri. And also, finally, be sure to check out my Patreon-exclusive content linked up down below. And check out Fantasy Draft. That will also be linked up down below. Rake-free DFS really does save you a ton of money. So peace out, gang. Appreciate you all tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.